You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Church, I invite you to calm yourself just for a little bit. Focus in. I'm not saying that I don't want you to be lively or anything like that, but I want us to be able to focus in. Every single service, I tell you that it's an important message, but this morning's important. And I'm asking for your attention. I'll do my best to keep it if you give it to me. I I promise you that. At the new year, I always like looking back and then looking forward and setting some New Year's resolutions, so on and so forth. But I was quite introspective this last week. I looked within and I considered my ways. I considered how I lived this last year and considered how I would like to live this year. And I reached a conclusion that I did not like, but I needed to be honest with myself. I reached a conclusion that I was on a road that I did not want to be on. And then I considered you. Because when I stand before the Lord one day, I'm not just going to give an account for myself. I'm going to give an account for every single church member. I'm going to give an account for every single person who ever was kind enough to come and listen to my preaching. And I had to come to the conclusion as well. Now, some of you, I do do not know you, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, and I'm certainly not trying to be obnoxious or, or rude in any way, but... I concluded that many of us, if not all of us, are on this same road that we do not want to be on. I call it the road to regret. All of us have areas in our life that we regret. Things that we would go back and change if we could, but we can't. I'm afraid we are following that same road that led us to regret in the past. And what I want to do, I really want to do three things this morning. First of all, I want to read you the passage that introduced me to this road to regret. Not only introduced me to it, but it convinced me that I was on it. And then I want to examine the passage and what it teaches us about this road. The the passage teaches us about how this road begins. It teaches us about how this road ends. And most importantly, it teaches us how to avoid this road. And then lastly, I want to invite you, beg you, challenge you, whatever you might say, to get off this road. By the end of the year, do you want it to be filled with regrets? By the end of the year, do you want to be saying, again, I wish I had? Or do you want to be saying, I'm glad I did that? James chapter 4 is where we'll be. James chapter 4. Let's stand once we found it. Teen boys, I like you sitting on the front row. Are you going to pay attention? I'm going to do my best to keep your attention, okay? Do they have Bibles? Do they have Bibles? Brother Riley? Brother Jesse? Right here. We have Bibles over here in the witnessing area. Let's get them some Bibles. Church members, look around you. Make sure that everyone can see a Bible. If you do not have a Bible, we will give you one before you leave. We want you to have a Bible. Only cost fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. We expect. Uh, we accept crypto. No, we will get you a Bible. We want you to have a copy of God's Word. James chapter four. Look at what the Bible says in verse thirteen. 
through verse 17. Would you do me a favor? Would you read the odd verses with me? I will read the evens alone. Let's start in the odd verse, verse 13. Ready, begin. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Heavenly Father, bless the preaching of your word. Holy Spirit, please move and help me calm and focus my mind. I truly rely on you today. Lord, bring souls in. Save the souls that are nearest hell. Revive backsliders. Bring glory to your name. And challenge the Christian to take the next step. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. I'll give you some time to get settled in. I want to show you, first of all, that the road to regret begins naturally. Implied in this passage is a choice. And would you not agree that regret is simply looking back and saying, I made the wrong choice? Man, I'm going to need your help this morning. I, the, 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 this doesn't help. Can I, get, can I get an amen every now and then? Would you, would you agree that regret is simply looking back and saying, I made the wrong choice. Oh, I like that. That's good. That's good. Now, don't encourage me too much. We'll be here until two. In this passage, a choice is implied. And on one side, you have a choice between what we want to do and what we should do. On this side, you have a choice between non-essential actions and essential actions. You have a choice between, in this, in, this, in this passage, you have a choice presented of what we'd like to live with and over here, what we can't live without. And it gives some specifics. It says over here you have such things as travel and residence where you're going to work, and how much money you're going to make. Do you see that in verse number 13? You have men saying, we're going to go to this city, we're going to travel here, we're going to tarry there a year, we're going to live there a year, and here's what we're going to do while we're there. Nothing sinful in and of itself, nothing necessarily wrong. Over here you have the travel and the residence, but then over here you have what the Bible simply calls good. Truly calls and simply calls good. What I can say is this is a choice between what we'd like to do and what we should do. And when what we'd like to do does not match what we should do. Now, church, we've already had about five people get up and move out. All right. You would not get up and move and, and leave in the first scene of a movie, would you? You're going to miss the entire premise. G give me just a little bit. Give me just a little bit, would you? And focus in. Some people, we have a lot of people in here. Some people are going to be leaving. They might have medical emergency. I understand that. But please focus in with me. Help me. And I have ADD. It doesn't help to. When what we'd like to do does not match what we should do, 
When what we want to do does not match what God wants us to do, it is natural, is it not? It is natural to choose what we want to do rather than what we should do, even when we know that what we are choosing is less important than what we're neglecting. Let's be honest with ourselves. When you have a choice between sleeping in or getting up early to exercise, what do you do? Now, some of you are out there and go, we get up early to exercise. Well, you're not normal, okay? You're not normal. A normal person, when that alarm clock goes off, and you know, you, you're eager, aren't you? You tell yourself, I'm going to go to bed early. And I'm setting my alarm for five, and you just feel this invigoration. I'm going to be up with the snipers and the milkmen tomorrow. It's going to be fantastic. And then that alarm goes off, and you go, no, no, no. You don't even have the wherewithal to turn your alarm off. You just snooze it so that it wakes you up over and over and over again. That's how lazy we are. We are, we, we are so lazy, we won't even turn our alarm off. We'd rather be, we hate waking up so much, we want to be woken up every eight minutes. When it comes down to the choice between losing weight, gaining weight, some of us, or eating whatever you want, what do we choose? When it comes down to, let's get real, when it comes down to watching TV or scrolling on social media or reading your Bible, what do we usually choose? What is, it, what is natural to choose? We know we should read our Bible more than we should be on TV and scrolling social media, but what do we naturally tend to? Social media or homework? Watching the game or spending quality time with our family. Many times we as men, we come home and we just want our time. We just want to go in the den and we want to watch the game when our kids and our wife are wanting to spend some time with us. And we know we should, but when, we, when what we'd like to do conflicts with what we should do, it is natural to choose what we'd like to do rather than what we should do. Even when what we'd like to do is not as important as what we should do. It is natural to do that when it comes down to spending money or saving money. When it comes down to staying home or being faithful in church, what do we usually choose? What, what do we naturally choose? When you have a choice between what you want to do and what God wants you to do, and you have to tell one today and you have to tell one tomorrow, you have to tell one now and you have to tell one later, it is natural to do what we want now and to say, I'll do what I should later. And that word later, there is no word said more on the road to regret than the word later. And what I'm bringing out is you all have good intentions. The path to regret, the road to regret is paved with good intentions. You, you know that you should. And, and you intend one day to be more faithful in church. You intend one day to be baptized. You know you should be baptized. Or you know you should trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you know you should be baptized. You know you should get more involved. You know you should be more faithful. You know you should quit drinking. I love it when you get quiet on me. You know you should quit smoking or vaping. 
Pastor, it's only vaping. Oh, I'm sorry, continue. Guys, you know you should quit pornography. You know that you should integrate some things into your life. You know you should read your Bible more. You know you should study. You know you should pray. You know you should be a witness. You know you should forgive that person that hurt you. And you know that you should learn how to take God seriously. And what I'm saying is if you're struggling in those areas, if you're struggling with smoking, if you're struggling with drinking, if you're struggling with pornography, if you're struggling with church faithfulness, I had somebody tell me recently, I know I need to be in church. I know I need to more, be more faithful, but it's hard. It's difficult. Uh, folks, I understand. Church, I understand. This flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and they're contrary one to another. They are constantly fighting one another. It's hard. There are two dogs in you. There's a white dog and there's a black dog. There's a good dog and there's a bad dog. Which dog wins? The one that you feed more. And many times we feed the flesh more. And even when we know we should do something, it's difficult, isn't it? The body always puts up a fight. The flesh always puts up a fight. And somebody told me, I, I know that I need to do that, but it's difficult to get involved in it. And what I'm saying is I understand that if you're struggling with those areas, I believe wholeheartedly you have good intentions. I believe wholeheartedly that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you do not know that you're going to heaven when you die, I believe, I believe wholeheartedly that bothers you if you think about it. And that's why many times you just don't think about it. I believe wholeheartedly that bothers you. And I believe wholeheartedly you intend one day. You know you need God in your life. He put that in you. Don't, don't tell me you don't know that you need God in your life. You know that you need God in your life. You know that you need Jesus Christ in your life. And I would go so far as to say, when you go to some churches and this quasi-Jesus is presented to you, you know that's not what you need. You know when someone's tickling your ear. And you know when somebody's telling you the truth. You know it. And you know when you should listen. But many times when what we should do does not match what we'd like to do, it is natural to say, I'm going to do what I want to do now, and I'm going to do what I should do later. I'll do it later. And you have every intention to do it later. Because you know you should do it. Yes, you do. You know you should do it. When I tell you you need to read and study your Bible, you know that's not just a Baptist thing. That, that's, a, that's a Christian thing. When I tell you you need to pray and you need to learn how to get a hold of God, you know you should do that. When I tell you, you need to be faithful in church. And so much the more as you see the day approaching, you need to be faithful in church. We need more church, not less church. You, you might not like it, but you know deep within, yeah, I, know, I know I should. I know I should. And the Bible says that in verse 17. To him that knoweth. To him that knoweth to do good. And doeth it not. So you know you should pray, but you're not. You know you should trust in Jesus, but you won't. You know that you should spend quality time with your family, but you're not. You know that you should read your Bible more, but you're not. You know that you should be a witness, but you're not. You know that you should get in a place that's going to challenge you to grow more and more and more. I don't, when I go to a gym, I don't want the coach telling me, bro, you look great. Your muscles are bulging out. 
Thank you for laughing. I appreciate it. If I'm going to go somewhere, I want, I want that place to better me. If I go to the doctor, I don't want the doctor constantly looking at me and saying, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Then why am I going to you, doc? And I don't want to go to a church that's constantly telling me, Jesus understands. I know that Jesus is patient. And I know that Jesus is gracious. But read your Bible. There are constantly times where he says, y'all are falling short, you're falling short, you're falling short, you're falling short. And we need to do more. We need to change, 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 change. Do you think Jesus came to the earth because we were just doing so well? What do you expect Jesus to say when he came to earth? I just wanted to let y'all know you're doing so great. This whole following your own way thing and your whole religion and tradition thing is just perfect. See you later. No, he came and he turned everything on its head. Because what we, we, got into the, we got into the habit of doing what we wanted to do. But we kept the intention. We kept the intention. We'll do what we should do later. And God says very clearly, when you know what you should do, and you don't do it, it's wrong. See, a lot of times we define sin as committing wrong. Sin is not just committing wrong. Sin is also postponing good. Sin is not just committing wrong, it is postponing right. And you know that there's something you're supposed to do. You know I'm, I'm supposed to be more faithful. I should be reading my Bible. I should be forgiving that person. I should have that conversation. I should quit that. I should start that. You know it, and yet you're putting it off. And I'm telling you, you're on the road to regret. Are you not afraid? And here's the reason why many of us are not afraid. We tell ourselves we can get off. Abe, I can get off the road to regret any time. I can start reading any time. I can start praying any time. I can start being faithful any time. Argument number one, if you can, great, start now. Fantastic. You just helped me with my message. But this idea, this idea that we, if we're going to let this idea that we can get off the road to regret at any time, if we're going to let that idea survive, it is only because we are ignoring an important rule of life. And we ignore it because it's unpleasant. But it's a rule. You can ignore a rule as much as you want. I'm sorry, officer, why are you pulling me over? You were going 80 in a 35. Oh, well, I ignore those. Okay, you can ignore it, but it's still there. The rule is still there. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to jump off this head first because I, <laughs> great, fantastic, because I ignore the rule of gravity. We ready? I'll do it backwards. Thanks, Abe. Love you too. One, two, you're going to say you're a moron. <laughs> Some of you wanted to see it, didn't you? You can't ignore a rule. Here's the rule. Here's the rule about life. You can't control when it's over. You can't control when it's over. In verse 13, the writer is calling out these people who are planning their next year with all the things that they want to do. We want to go here. We want to stay here this long. We want to do this, and we want to make this much money. 
Verse 14 says, you're planning out your next year and you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow? Verse 15 says, if you're going to live at all, if you're going to do anything next year, it will be because God allows it. So then, but verse 16 says, you're acting like you control your own life. You're rejoicing in your boastings. And it's evil. The Bible doesn't say it's, it's not that great of a thing to do. It's evil. You know, what, you know what he's saying? It's godless. You're living a godless life. You're planning out your next year when you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. This passage is teaching, first of all, the road to regret begins naturally. But it ends abruptly. Now I'm going to tell you some statements here that are pointed. But we have to understand them. First of all, you are closer to death right now than you have ever been. Second of all, you don't choose when death comes. Third of all, when death comes, you can't postpone it. Can you come back another time? I'm not ready to get in, in an accident right now. I'm not ready for a tumor. I'm not ready to be mugged. I'm not ready. Can you come back another time? You are closer to death right now than you've ever been. You don't set your appointment with it. God does. God sets your appointment with it. And when that appointment comes, you cannot postpone it. Can I put it this way? Ushers, can we find them a seat? God bless you. Welcome. Welcome. Perfect. Let me put it this way. You are one moment away from too late. You are one moment away. You are one breath away from too late. And isn't that what regret is? Regret is knowing that you should have done something. But now you can't because it's too late. Regret is not I would have. If you can look back and say, I would have, what you're citing is there was an obstacle. I would have, but there was something in my way. That's not regret. That's inconvenience. Regret is not I would have. Regret takes a step further and says, I could have. I could have done it. But now it's too late. But you have to go even further than that because there's a lot of things that you could have done that maybe wouldn't have been the best thing to do. I, I could have cut that person off but probably not the best. Regret is I should have. I should have done it. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it is sin. Regret is looking back and saying, I could have and I should have, but now I can't because it's too late. And what I'm trying to tell you is too late always comes too soon. Too late always comes too soon. You have convinced yourself that you can put off what you should do until later, but you're not promised later. Are you following? You're not promised later. I can tell you about a man who's a very close friend of mine. And he loved his wife. He loved his wife with all of his heart, and his wife loved him. And his wife wanted to take a special vacation. She said, I always want to go to this place. I've always wanted to see it. And he said, "Hun, we will, we will. But right now, my career, right now, my job, right now, my schedule, right now, the finances. Within six months, had on collision, she was dead. 
And one time I was talking to him. I was talking to him and saying, my wife would like to go here. My wife would like to go here. And he said, Johnny, go now. Don't wait until you have the money. Don't wait until you have a better schedule because you're never going to have the money and you're never going to have the schedule. I'm not telling you to be focused, but right now I know I could have and I know I should have, but I can't. It's too late. She's gone. I can tell you of a young lady who pulled out, who pulled out, ran a, ran a, stop, ran a stop sign, T-boned by a semi-truck. And at her funeral, somebody said, I, I always watched her. An adult said, I always watched her. She was young, 20, 21 years old, something like that. I always watched her, and she was so kind. She taught in the academy. She was so kind, and I, I always told myself, you need to go up and tell that young lady. You need to tell that young lady that you appreciate her love and her care and her service for the Lord. He said, I never did. I never did. Now it's too late. She's gone. Let's get really real here. Do you know how many people are in hell today because too late came too soon for them? They always told themselves, I'll have time. I'll have time. I'll have time. But too late always comes too soon. But you keep on telling yourself. You keep on telling yourself. I know I should do it, but I'll do it later. You are not promised later. What is your life? It's a vapor that appear for a little time and then vanisheth away. And you look at that vapor that's coming off your, the, the steam that's coming off of that pot where you're cooking. It looks solid, but as soon as you go to grab it, it wisps away. That's life. It appears and then it's gone. It looks solid, but it's not. But you keep on telling yourself. You keep on telling yourself. I'm going to do what I know I should do later. But too late always comes too soon. How many people have been living with regret for years? How many of you have been living with regret? Because too late came too soon for you. It begins so naturally. It ends so abruptly. It's avoided so easily. Verse 17. You know to do good? Do it. And do it now. You guys are planning non-essential things for tomorrow, overlooking essential things today. You guys are planning what you'd like to live with tomorrow, and you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You are planning what you'd like to live with tomorrow and ignoring what you can't live without today. Your idea is so off. And when that road ends, when too late comes too soon, you're going to regret it. Set aside what you want and do what God wants. Do you not see that in this passage? I'm not, I'm not, this is not a motivational speech. This is Bible. Set aside what you want to do and do what God wants to do. Put away your intentions and replace them with actions. Contrary to popular belief, it is not the thought that counts. It's not. You tell your boss when you miss that deadline, sir, I intended to do it. He's going to look back and say, you're fired. Intentions don't matter. Actions matter. Sir, forget your anniversary this year. And when your wife comes up and asks the question that no man wants to hear, you know what day it is? And ladies, if you want to have fun, I, I tell you this. Go up to your husband on a random day and say, do you know what day it is? And when he says no, because it's not anything, just say, hmm, walk away and never talk about it again. 
You'll get something free out of it, I promise. You'll get something free. Sir, miss your anniversary. And then go up to your heartbroken wife and say, I really meant to. I really meant to get you something. And she's just going to fawn over you and say, oh my goodness, the fact that you would think about doing something on our anniversary. And you think you're going to stand before God and say, I meant to. I intended to. He's not going to buy that. He's not going to buy it. You know you should have, and you didn't. People, it's avoided so simply. Find out what you know you should do and do it. If you're not doing it, you're sinning. Think of the regret that you, think of a regret right now that you have. I thought about it. Think of a regret right now that you have where if you could go back and change it, you would change it. And do you not believe, maybe, maybe we're talking two weeks ago, maybe we're talking 10 years ago, but if you're following me, you would go back and you would change it. And do you not believe that if you could change that, it would change how you look today? Do you not believe that if you could go back and change that, it would change you today? Some of you messed up your marriage. Don't you think if you could go back and just, if I could just not do that, my marriage would look different today? Oh, certainly, certainly. I wonder how many people, Hector, are focused on what is too late to change, all the while ignoring what's not. Folks, you can't go back and change that. But you can change this. And don't tell me that you believe that you could go back and change that and it would change you. But you can't make a change today that would make you look different. Are we following? So I could go, if I could go back two weeks ago and change that, I would look different. Wait a second. That means you could make a change today and your life will look different two weeks from now. Would it not? You tell me, I, I, I'm going to go back and I'm going to change that and it will make me look different. But you won't get involved in church today because you don't think it will make a difference? Yes, it will. Yes, it will. And what I'm telling you, I don't know where you're at in life. You might be at the lowest of the low. You might be closer to the Lord than you've ever been. There is a next step that you can take. And if you're honest, there's a next step that you've been putting off. And what I'm telling you is, you know you should trust in Jesus. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? The tomorrow that you're not promised? That's a big gamble, sir. That's a big gamble, ma'am. Do you know how many people have missed heaven by one moment and they missed it for all of eternity? You know you should repent. Do it. You know you should be baptized. Do it. You know you should get involved in church. You've told yourself, I want to. Well, put aside your wants and actually do it. I know I should forgive that person. Forgive the person. I know I should have that conversation. Have the conversation. I know I should spend more time with my family, quality time with my family. But right now it's just career, career, career. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're on the road to regret, I'm telling you. You're focusing on all the things that you'd like to do and ignoring the thing that you should do. You're focusing on the things that you'd like to live with and you're ignoring what you can't live without. Sir, are you going to be happy 10 years from now when your wife leaves you because you've neglected her for your career? 
Focus on your family now. You know you should read your Bible. Read your Bible now. I don't know where to start. Let it flop open. Book of Psalms. Start in the book of Psalms. Read a psalm a day. Read a psalm a day. Read a proverb a day. Start in John. Oh, what a book. Start in John. I know some of you, you find the, you find the book Job. You know, I need a job, so you, you read that. Trust me, if you're looking for encouragement, don't read Job, okay? You know you should pray more. Do, do it. Do it. What are you waiting for? And, and I had to look back at this last year, and this last year was filled with a lot of things that I should have done. And I don't want to be on that road anymore. I am inviting you. I'm challenging you. I'm begging you. Get off that road. Find what you know you should do and do it. Why? 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 Do we need a reason why? Here's a reason why. Jesus came down to earth and he lived a sinless life and he performed miracles and he healed people so that people would listen to his words and his words were this, this life doesn't last forever. There's either an eternal life or there's an eternal death and I'm gonna purchase that eternal life for you by dying on the cross being buried, and then rising again. He's alive, folks. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And that means he's coming back. He's coming back. And the Bible says it is appointed unto you once to die. And after this, the judgment. And I'm telling you, the judgment is too late. It's too late. You can't patch up your prayer life at the judgment seat. You can't spend more time with your family at the judgment seat. You can't tell at the judgment seat, I intended to do it. You will either say at the judgment seat, I'm glad I did or I wish I had. And Jesus said, I'm coming again. I'm coming again. I'm coming again. And I'm going to judge you based on what you've done and based on whether you have trusted in me or not. And you don't know when that appointment comes. And since you can't postpone your appointment with God, don't postpone your commandment to obey God. Do you want to know Satan's greatest lie? One day hell had a meeting. And Satan wanted to know what is the greatest lie that we could tell. Humanity. One of the demons said, tell them there is no God. Satan scoffed it off. People are smarter than that. We're smarter than that. Come on, guys. Even we believe that there's a God and we tremble. We can't tell humans that there's no God. It's built in them, the knowledge of God. That's not going to work. So then another demon said, tell them there's no sin. He said, guys, I know that humanity isn't the smartest, but they're not that dull. They know that there's sin. If they know that there's a God, they know that there's a standard. They, they understand that. They, they understand that there's morality. If there's a God, there's a morality. We can't tell them there's no sin. Not a good idea. The third one said, tell them there's no punishment for sin. He said, guys, I'm getting so frustrated with you. These people are smarter than that. If there is a God and there is a morality, there has to be a punishment if you don't meet that, morality, that, that moral standard. That's not going to work. And they were about to adjourn the meeting. When Satan said, I've got it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell them there is a God because they know it. And we're gonna tell them that there is 
a moral law because they know it. We're going to tell them there is sin because they know it. And we're going to tell them that there is punishment because they know it. But we're going to tell them they have time to get it right. We're going to tell them they can get it right tomorrow and not today. And hell erupted because they knew it was going to work. And it's been working for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And so God warns us, you can't postpone your appointment with God. Don't postpone your commandment to obey him. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.